Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm a feminist, but right now, I just want Justin Trudeau to hold me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a feminist, but tonight, despite my feelings, I have worn a gold shiny top. <laughs> because if it's going to be the end of the world, I might as well party. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but I'm starting to worry that I won't get to be US president. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feminist, but I'm going to Sydney tomorrow, so right before this recording, across the road, I went in for a bikini wax, <laughs> and I must admit, wrote some of the speech I'm about to deliver later, <laughs> while that was happening. <laughs> it distracts you from the pain, it's good. The only way to get a bikini wax is to be distracted on work you really care about, or drunk. <laughs> I'm normally drunk. <laughs> I, I did it once I, I, we had a Christmas drinks and in the afternoon I went in for a bikini wax just right afterwards and I was so drunk and it couldn't feel a thing and I just thought there is a market for a cocktail and waxing bar and this is, this is my pitch for a name hair of the dog it's not bad it's not bad I once had laser laser treatment on my bikini line <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, so I'm just going, yeah. <laughs> um, and they say take paracetamol beforehand. So I, I smoked a joint. 
And that works too. <laughs> really? Yeah. You smoked a joint and went had laser, and went and had laser hair That's removal. the most guilty feminist thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm a feminist. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm a feminist, but I would never tire of punching Anne Coulter. <laughs> yeah, only a smattering of applause because that was quite violent and possibly unfair. <laughs> is it because lots of people don't know who Anne Coulter is though? Yeah. Oh, she is yeah. a, she is a yeah. right-wing pundit who said uh, if only people who had four grandparents born in America could vote, um, the whole of America would vote for Trump. Um, Just to clarify, what she said was um, at least four. <laughs> <laughs> she was very clear. But that, that, as many people pointed out, precludes Trump whose grandmother was Scottish, yeah. but also all of Trump's 18 children from his 27 different wives. <laughs> he's, he's got so many children, and only one of, only one of his 102 wives was born in America. So none of his children vote for him. But yeah, but none of his children did vote for him. Do you think? <laughs> they, know, they know him better than anyone. Did you see, was that his son, the little boy behind him during yeah. his... Yeah. Didn't he look sad? <laughs> oh, and he kept trying to sort of, did you see him shuffling out the shop? <laughs> Wait for the tell-all book when he turns 21. Oh. <laughs> you can see him just going. But I think he looks he kind of looks like a trumpet. He, he kind of knows and he's just sort of like, oh. Did you did you also see Donald checking how Melania was voting? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh yes, that was brilliant. That like, made me like her. Anyone related to him doesn't know what a massive cunt he is. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they have to live with the country more than we do. I've got one more. Uh, I am a feminist, but I got trapped in my house today and I had to be saved by a man. <laughs> <laughs> he was 12. <laughs> Live from the hospital club in London, the Spontaneity Shop presents an emergency episode of The Guilty Feminist in response to the American election. What the fuck happened? With Deborah Francis Knight and her guest co-host, Harry Quinlan, and our very special guests. So welcome to The Guilty Feminist emergency episode. <laughs> Uh, for good reason. 
Um, and that episode has become kind of very popular and uh, people are, are listen to it a lot. And a lot of people on Twitter said, what are you going to say about the election and do you have any thoughts? And uh, at that point, we were just like, cry- I just thought, a, a podcast of me sobbing for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> really, just not what anyone needed. Uh, but then last night, it just felt like we just needed to galvanise and just you know, come together. So that's what we've decided to do. Carrie and... Uh, Carrie Quinlan and I... I wish. I just got a text from Carrie and Lloyd and I'm very name dyslexic. Um, and so she's got dark curly hair. It, yeah, I literally just got a, a, a text from her right this second. Um, and I mix up names all the time. Um, and I'm sorry if I just use ableist language by saying name dyslexic. Um, don't tweet, I already know. Um, <laughs> there will already be a tweet, I know there will. Sorry, hashtag sorry, hashtag sorry. Um, what we call it the guilty feminist, we, we are progressing towards the innocent feminist, or the impo- What's the opposite of guilty feminist? I don't know. I feel like we, I would say. Sorry? A woman. A woman. Easy conscience, free conscience. The feminist of free conscience, which is a less catchy title. Uh, 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 I did that podcast for years, no one listened to it once. Uh, so we've called this episode The Patriarchy Strikes Back because that's what we think has happened. Uh, and we're very much seeing Donald Trump as a Darth Vader like figure. Um, in an unexpected way, there has been a strike back, and uh, we can either lie down and take it, or uh, we can stand up and rage against the machine. So that's what we've decided to do tonight. Uh, please welcome to the stage the wonderful, the very funny, uh, the We're Happy She's Here, Carrie Quillen! <laughs> Um, I arrived here this evening, and um, you're all, as you arrived here this evening, as you walked in, there was music playing, and I kid you not, as I walked through the door, the music was going, it's that little souvenir of a terrible year. <laughs> and well, even, even the music of the gig is taking the piss now. <laughs> it's not okay. It's not okay. But um, what have we learned? We've learned something very important, which is the American dream is alive and well in the last couple of days, because we've learned that anyone can become president, regardless of ability, integrity, intelligence, decency, criminality, and general all-round cuntiness. (laughs) So we've learned that terribly, terribly important lesson. But the thing I was... um, most, I was going to say most excited about it, like I was excited about the whole thing. Because yay, misogynist, racist, homophobe, exciting. <laughs> but, I, but, but actually, I think that's why some people voted for him. I'm sure, in the, in the same way that some people voted for Brexit, because, oh, let's see what happened. <laughs> I do think there's a bit of that. And I hate those people the most. <laughs> because they knew. Um, but I, I was excited to hear the Obama and Clinton speeches after Trump got elected. Because obviously all my hope is in them. And we're all broken hearted. It's a fucking shitstorm. I think we can all agree. There aren't going to be any jokes in this, I should point out. <laughs> um, and all our hope rests in them. And so I was waiting for their speeches. And their speeches were brilliant. But they were not what I hoped for or expected. What I hoped for... Um, and expected from Obama was a sort of, uh, don't worry guys, I've chained myself to the desk. (laughs) 
marches in the past, African Americans have been chained to their workplaces. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, progress is cool. Too soon? <laughs> uh, I've super glued the doors of the Oval Office shut, and I'll just stay here, and I'll just keep doing it, and it's going to be fine. Everyone relax. That's what I was hoping for. And from Hillary, I was hoping for, fuck you! <laughs> fuck you in the eye! Fuck you! <laughs> fuck off! Fuck you! No! Fuck you! <laughs> fuck you! Seriously, fuck! Just fuck off! <laughs> fuck you! <laughs> fuck you! I'm a bit worried that that's is that my the person who came in with chips. <laughs> not you, not you, not you. Not you. Please bring chips. Did anyone order chips? <laughs> Just you started it as soon as she walked in the door. speeches. Hillary included that amazing line that I can't quote verbatim about, you know, to all women, particularly little girls, don't be fooled, you still can do anything you want to do. Please, please have ambition. Which I like to think was her version of, fuck you! <laughs> fuck off, fuck you. <laughs> um, and, and, and they both said that, you know, we need to support President Trump, and I know, it's just, it's like being sick. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we need to, you know, all rally around, bring the country together, and, you know, see. Uh, but I realised, I realised that, that, that who they are, they are the nice girls at school when I was picked for their hockey team. <laughs> Someone knows. <laughs> Someone knows. The ones who went, no, it, no, it's fine. It's no, she's no, she is. She's dreadful. But, <laughs> but it's okay because we'll, we'll rally round and we'll help her, and it'll be all right. And if the worst comes to the worst, we'll let her run around a bit and make her feel useful, but never ever give her the ball. <laughs> Not once. And I, I was sort of chastened. Because I realised that I'm, I'm the mean girls in the hockey team. Like, I'm not playing with them. <laughs> They're shit. Not playing. No, I don't. No, I don't care. I don't care if, if she's in. The I don't care if I have to. I'm not. Not doing it. And I suddenly realised that that's what Trump would be. I know. <laughs> and so I have vowed, basically, over the next four years. Not to be Donald Trump. <laughs> oh, I know. Voting ambition. <laughs> Applaud that like it's the most noble thing. <laughs> yes. She's, oh, yeah, let's all not be Donald Trump. Guys. <laughs> let's see if we can hit that peak. hours um, in despair, um, sitting in my flat going, oh, 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 oh. Um, 
and it's not it's not helpful it turns out um and <laughs> it's as if my subconscious realized this wasn't going to be helpful it locked me in the entrance hallway to my flat <laughs> for four hours <laughs> so i um my uh my missus uh she says it's my fault, I'm not sure. So both sets of keys to the flat into work this morning. And then when I was leaving the flat, I shut the door to the flat, looked at the main front door of the house and it was dead bolted. Yeah. Um, and I, so I spent the best part of four hours um, sitting in a small, very cold hallway, thinking about my life and what it, what, <laughs> what it had brought me to. And I, I've, I've, I'm gonna try and be quick because I know I'm banging on. Um, but I've learned some lessons, and I, given that it was four hours, I think I've learned some important lessons for the next four years. Um, now, our hour or year one, we're going to be in denial. Okay, <laughs> this isn't this isn't happening. Something's going to happen now that is going to stop this thing happening. So the upstairs neighbours are going to come home for lunch for the first time in their lives, or uh, someone's going to actually get jailed for racketeering and um, sexual assault. <laughs> That's what we're going to be like in the first year, and then it's all going to be okay, right? Now, second year is is the really grim one. Second year is the gr is the bleak, bleak year because that's when you realise it's really happening. <laughs> okay, that's the second year, second hour. You think, right? I, I, no one's coming home. No one's locking him up. Uh, we're we're stuck with this. Um, it's horrible, and it feels hopeless. Um, and the racist, sexist, homophobic signing things into law now. Um, but, but it's okay, because then you just have to stick through that, and then there's year three, or hour three, and then you start to think about what you can do. You, can, you start thinking about what skills do I have, or what skills can I learn in order to make this? Can I learn to pick a lock? <laughs> can I learn to use a sniper rifle? <laughs> will go through your head. Um, the answer is no, but but you then start being a bit more sensible and thinking, actually, what can I do? What can I do to help? How can I um, volunteer at food banks? All that kind of stuff. Just spread love is the conclusion. Then and you've got year or hour four, and hope suddenly returns because the cavalry arrive. It might be your neighbour's 12-year-old son, <laughs> or it might be Michelle Obama. <laughs> now how we can actually be useful and bring love and change the world in a positive way because people who voted aren't people who think like us and we need to work that out um, and we need to do that in year one or hour one not year three and I got out of my flat and everything's going to be okay thank you very much <laughs> because I, I fe feared exactly what Carrie was just talking about, that I'm, I was going to spend so long in denial and in discouragement that my challenge was 
to find meaning immediately um, and action immediately. Um, so I have written something in the spirit of this to process my feelings and find meaning. Um, do you, yeah, let's deliver it before I get going. Okay, so this is I, not... can, I can make her go away. No, no, no. <laughs> Um, all right, so this is not, this is not stand-up. Um, this, is, this is how I feel. Um, bear in mind, I did write some of it across the road in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> I am devastated by the result of the US election and what it will mean for women and people of colour and people who are lesbian, gay, bisexual and transgender and people who are disabled. I am frightened, not just what it will mean for America, but what it will mean for the mood of the world and the direction and speed our globe is hurtling towards selfishness, greed, fear, and self-destruction. Last night, I could not stop crying because I felt there was no point in trying anymore. But today I realized that one of the factors of Hillary Clinton's defeat was that women are simply not included enough in any level of society. People could imagine a white man in a grey suit in the Oval Office because that is what a person of power and influence looks like. We, all of us, are not used to seeing women in influential roles. Women are still an aberration on an average television or even conference panel. We are told nightly, shown nightly, that one woman on a comedy or political panel sufficiently includes our gender. We do not see our reflection very often. We do not imagine ourselves being seen or heard. We see that a woman in the public eye is an exception and therefore we quietly infer that only exceptional women should be given a voice. We fear we are unexceptional. So we exclude ourselves before we can be excluded. Donald Trump is rich, white, and male, and as such was born included. He has only ever known inclusion in every room he's ever been in. <coughs> he's the judge at the beauty panel. He's the one who says who's fired. He decides who is included and who is excluded. And that was the platform on which he ran that clearly comforted too many people. He has become so entitled to inclusion, he has man-spread his way into the White House without preparation or humility. Women, we need to get better at including ourselves. We need to get comfortable with being seen and being heard. So comfortable, we start to enjoy it. Women, if you are in a meeting for one hour with six people, you need to speak for 10 minutes over that period. I do not care what you are saying. <laughs> Practice being heard. If you are interrupted, keep talking. <laughs> Interrupt the interrupter. <laughs> Women speaking when men are present needs to be normal. They need to think it's normal and so do we. Women, if you are asked to do a presentation or appear on a panel or speak on a conference, say yes. 
If you are not asked, and you even suspect you have the expertise, include yourself. <laughs> Tell them why you need to appear. Do this even if it scares you. Be visible. Assume inclusion. Expect inclusion. Like money, inclusion is rarely given until it is applied for. If you've been routinely excluded, this may cause you some anxiety. Do it anyway. Do it for women who can't. Do it until it is normal for them and normal for you. Until we include ourselves, we can't include others. You can't get someone into a party you're not invited to. And women, we need to include others. White, straight, cisgendered women, I'm talking to us. We drive white, straight, cisgendered bodies. We are included more frequently than other sorts of women. We can deny it and focus on our own exclusion, but then we are on Team Trump. White people are especially included. We don't notice our extra right to inclusion because it's all we've known. Many white women in America voted for their white tribe over their female tribe this election. They chose exclusion for others even over inclusion for themselves. They chose to exclude people of colour, even if it meant voting for a president who saw them as a number on a scale of one to supermodel, even though he saw them as a pussy to be grabbed and a pair of lips to be kissed against their will. They made the choice to dehumanise others out of fear, snobbery, and misplaced self-interest, rather than fully include themselves in a society led by a president who would respect, say, their right to autonomy over their own reproductive system. White women who find that a disgrace, it is not enough for us to tut. We must include women of colour. We must find room wherever we have influence to listen to their voices and provide platforms for their fears and complaints, even when sometimes those fears and complaints include us. We must make women of colour on the agenda normal. It is not enough to, to embrace Michelle Obama. She's an exceptional woman with an exceptional platform. We must provide voice and visibility for the women around us to find their exceptional voices until that act itself becomes ordinary. We must over-include and repeatedly include women of colour, queer women and disabled women until they feel included, until they self-include. Telling those women, women that there is a seat at your table is not always enough. We need to make them feel like they belong and prove that we mean it. Men. You have a big opportunity to exclude us now. The world just got more toxically masculine. I would ask you if that feels like the right thing to do or just easy and normal and safe to create your panels, boardrooms and lineups without us. You can play along with Trump's agenda and leave us outside the rooms where decisions are made, or you can put one huge middle finger up to Donald Trump and include us in whatever you're doing. And we promise to show up and be seen and be heard until it feels normal.
our guests tonight. Uh, our guests include the Chief of Staff from the Women's Equality Party, Hannah Pika. Uh, an activist, uh, a North American, Grayson Lane. <laughs> a fabulous American comedian, Sarah Barron. <laughs> and a wonderful, uh, wonderful friend of mine, voice and comedian, Avery Edison. <laughs> You're the chief of staff for the Women's Equality Party, Hannah. Um, yeah. Tell us about that and how what the mood was in the office and what you feel's gone wrong. Was it good? <laughs> <laughs> what we've worked out is we've got a winning business model at the Women's Equality Party. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it was it was devastating. It was truly devastating. Um, it was shocking uh, in many ways, and in some of the ways that we had predicted it would be, and in some of the ways we hadn't expected it to be. Um, but I will, I'm not going to go like straight to the hope already, but I will say that I found myself in the same situation locked between those two doors yeah. not that long ago. Uh, yeah. Okay. But we had a, there was a bamboo in the, in the corridor, <laughs> and I took part of the window apart and got a hair clip, and I managed to get my bag, dragged it from underneath to the door, got the keys out like James Bond, <laughs> and then realised that obviously the keys wouldn't fit through that gap that the bamboo did. Um, but but that's that still so hero business. That's very much what the Hillary story is. Trapped by an exit is so, and trapped by an entrance yes. is such a metaphor. And so obviously exactly. that's the answer. And it just. <laughs> but and so and so I it was the like third hour as well same thing and I felt better in this result than I did with Brexit um because because we created a women's equality party and I felt like oh well I've got something to turn up to today uh, and to do this work and to begin starting to pull this whole thing apart and so I felt reassured and comforted by that but uh, I mean the story of the night you know there's various uh, exit polls so um, the stats aren't exact um, but you know, <laughs> around between you know fifty-five and sixty-five percent of white women voted uh, for uh, a man who has displayed you know unabashed uh, misogyny. Who had at the time that they were voting, you know, a child rape claim um, against him and a court date for that. Uh, Double-digit sexual assault allegations. Uh, and what do you do with that? I mean, I think for me that means that um, those women simply chose to defend the very small privilege that they did have, their racial privilege, as you, you spoke about, um, over fighting for what they didn't have, uh, their equality as, as a woman. And I think that, that that rationale can only take place in the context of this kind of weird post-Brexit, you know, weird politics that's going on. The politics of attrition, politics that says, you know, equality is a zero-sum game. Uh, if I give a bit of equality to this group, uh, then I can't give it to that group. And when we did the London mayoral elections at the party, 
<laughs> the the root master accidentally became like the image of our boss way before Sadiq like co-opted it um, and, <laughs> and for a different reason uh, because that space you know that like weird space and no one's really sure why it's got a hole in the middle of it and awkwardly buggies try and get round it and then feel really guilty if a wheelchair user gets on and it's and that became like the image of our campaign because it was like why have we decided that that much space will be given to various groups of people who need to use it and it just says to everyone, well, if you know, if one person needs to use that space, someone else can't. And I think that's where we're at. I think that's absolutely where we're at. And people felt, you know, that if 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 it's given to that group, if we actually help and support that group to progress, then I'll lose out. And and that was such a, you know, that's years of neoliberalism, blah blah blah. But uh, so disappointing. Um, absolutely devastating. Grayson, uh, just talk. Um, don't. I want to ask you anything. Say what you want to say. First of all, I want to apologize for my continent. <laughs> you're Canadian. You're, you're Justin Trudeau speaks for I am, I am Canadian, but Woo! I have family that, that live in the United States. I unfortunately, <laughs> at 11 p.m. our time, knew it wasn't going to be close because my aunt lives in Florida and told me that Florida was going to Trump. So my despair started at 11 p.m. And I'm, if I cry, it's because I'm raging mad. I lived in Texas for four years. It was the worst four years of my life. I've never, at the age of 35, had ever been called the N-word. In my first week there, I was called it 26 times and spat on. I feel that I was a second-class citizen then, but as of yesterday, I became a third-class citizen. I have lost friends, Canadian friends, who believe racism does not exist. I have upset my friends that live here in the UK because I told them to stop telling me to have faith. I'm 38 years old and I'm not proud to be black because somebody has just told me that I do not exist. And the sad part is, is that this is not an American thing. You have people in France, you have people in Austria, you have Germans, you have Philippines that all believe that minorities do not exist. And this is something that has been going on since the slave days. You realize black people, because they were free in Great Britain, Great Britain figured out that they could use black people to take notes from the north to the south and be undetected. Why? Because Americans believed black people were invisible. My mother is 72 years old. She is British. She grew up in Manchester. She fought for feminism. She fought for me. She fought for me to be educated. She fought for me to be respected. In 24 hours, in a male-dominated industry, I could sense the disdain for where I am in life. It's not fair. And it's not okay for you to tell people that it's going to be okay. Because if you do not stand beside minorities, it will never be okay. We cannot do it by ourselves. And I'm not saying that we can't make a change. It won't be in the United States. Right now, I have friends that truly believe because there was a black president, there is no racism. There is so much racism in this world and hate and sexism. To get emails of 
pictures of these huge black ladies with their butts hanging out on motorbikes and them saying, ooh, look what Grayson did last weekend. This isn't something that's going to change by myself or with other black people or other minorities until people stand up and say, it's not okay that every terrorist looks like a Muslim on TV. It's not okay that every black person on TV is part of a gang. It's not okay to say that Mexicans are racist. It's not okay. People laugh about it, put up memes, make jokes of it. People are making jokes about Trump. You want to know why he got in? Is because of those memes, because we glorify the bad parts of politics. Does anyone know what he stands for? Nobody. But we all know that he likes to grab women's pussies. We all know that he's been married three times, cheated, and it's okay. We all know that he borrowed money from his dad, but he's a self-made billionaire. <laughs> we all knew that he was colluding with Russia, which came out today, but denied it. He had a server that was sending things to Russia. Everyone ignored it and focused on a woman's set of emails that she'd been cleared for seven times. Where were the women that were going to stand up for her? Nowhere to be seen. I ask you, I beg you, to stop saying I support you quietly, but be louder. Because telling me that you believe in minorities and you're standing there, telling me that you care for me and you're my friend, is great to hear, but it doesn't change anything. <coughs> And I'm shaking because I'm not nervous. I'm so angry. In 10 minutes, I went through my seven stages of grief. Oh no, I skipped acceptance because I refused to. <laughs> I, um, I've been raging ever since. I've been crying and raging because Everything my grandparents fought for, everything that people have died for, Martin Luther King, you name it, is gone in one night, in one vote that I had no say on that is going to affect the rest of the world. And if there's one thing that you leave here with tonight, is when you see somebody getting picked on, on the street, or people telling bad jokes, or people stating that black people are lazy or things like that. Young children hear this and inherently believe it. And for me as a child, I grew up in Canada, I grew up in a white neighborhood, I grew up all happy, I grew up sheltered. I never knew it until now, and now I see these young girls who don't think that they can be architects or doctors, because that's what men do. That's not the case. I am just as smart as a man. I'm just as brilliant. I can talk. I can talk nicely. I can swear and say, fuck you. <laughs> I can do pretty much anything a man can do, except for like lift super heavy weights. I'm a runner. I'm not meant to have a struggle. <laughs> but I implore you, I ask you, I beg you, yes, you live in the UK, but it is coming. And if you don't want that to happen to your nation, you need to stand up. I am proud to be a Canadian because we have Justin Trudeau. I am proud because there was an election in one of our territories last week. They went liberal. Canada is about the only nation that's going left. 
I am proud to be a citizen of this world because I don't own Canada. Canada is not mine. I just happen to be born in it. And if you don't realize how privileged you are to be born white, 10 seconds later, you could have been born male in Syria during bombing. You need to realize who you are, why you were there, where you were from. It is not yours to own. <laughs> it's yours to push forward and include everyone else in this world who does not look like you, who does not act like you, who does not necessarily believe in everything you do. You just need to accept it. And that's not a hard thing to do. And if anything, if you walk away today, and if anything, call your moms and say thank you. <laughs> because they're the ones that pushed forward to get you to where you are today. And I call my mom every day. I never tell her she's right. I just tell her thank you. <laughs> but she knows in her head that I totally appreciate what she's done. But give your mom a call and say thanks because if it wasn't for her, you would not be sitting in this room. You'd be sitting in a kitchen, cooking, and having children. And that's what I'm going to say right now because after this, I promise I'll give like what you can do and help and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, uh, guys. Yeah, which, which, which state are you from? I'm uh, born and raised in Chicago, but lived in New York for 16 years. No, so I think of you as a New Yorker. Thank you, I'll take that. Either way, you're fine, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm only totally humiliated rather than entirely humiliated. Right. Um, I really, I'm sorry to do this, but after that, I need a little guidance from you in terms of what you need to talk about as the comedian on the panel, because I don't know where to go. Um, Avery's also a comedian. 
Um, great. You want to just hop in with a little joke from the audience? <laughs> um, After Grayson. Yeah, uh, I guess um, I'm oh, interested oh. in. I mean, you don't. You you know, there's no need for right. jokes right now. I mean, make one if you can, want. Well, but... I, can I ask a question? Of course. Based on something that Grayson said, is that I really um, am so into the idea of not trying to talk about what's positive at the moment or trying to be like, no, 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 but just like taking on the atrocity that's happened and let that be horrible and maybe now is not the time and who knows when the time will be to try and approach things in a positive way. A thing that I heard said that was one of the only things that resonated for me and I would be curious about your thoughts on it was that I heard someone um, say, and this will be the butchered and not articulate version of the sentiment, so just bear with, um, but the idea that it is not a new beginning. It is the death rattle of some racist bigotry <coughs> that is on its way the fuck out. And I was wondering what your thoughts are on that way of thinking about it. I would lie if I agreed with that same Right. I'm sorry. Um, Donald Trump exposed the underbelly of America. Yeah. So many people, when you tell them, oh, there's still segregated schools. Oh, people, you know, will yell out their car. There's fist fights. Um, one of my friends, he's a professor in Texas. That He's openly democratic. He tells his student. He teaches history. talks about history repeating itself, war, things like that. One of his students walked in on the day after, saluted like they did to Hitler and said, hail Trump. He kicked him out of his classroom. Another student immediately walked out and they got into a fist fight in the hallway. This happened across campuses, across America. Many universities canceled classes for the day. It's not on its way out. Because people won't accept that there actually is racism. People yeah. blatantly look at me and say, there's people today in, in Manchester's like, we don't really have racism here. It's not the same. Well, that's... Oh, yeah, yeah. Was I not here for Brexit? <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's not the thing, that I, I live here and you've lived here for a couple years. No, off and on. Off and on. I've lived here permanently for four years with a plan to continue to do so for obvious reasons. Great health care. Great. Yeah, well, it's better. But a thing yeah. that I felt like when I moved, and it, which was four years ago, and things feel a little bit different now, is that it, you know, the thing I would hear was, oh, America is so focused on race, and we don't see that over here. I was like, and I didn't want to argue because, well, that's because you have higher self-esteem than some of us. Um, that, yeah, I think that we are all racist everywhere and that people don't, in America, may, I, I feel like in, like at least four years ago, before the whole racist <laughs> situation, it was not a thing that British people wanted to talk about in terms of their own awareness of race. And is there, I'm not, I'm not even going to say anything positive, but, um, but... I forgot where we were going with all of this. But I, the point being I, that you don't think it's a death rattle and that the inability to sort of say, yes, this is just racism and there's no two ways around it is furthering the problem. Do you know what my favorite saying right now is? I'm no longer going to be politically correct. I'm not oh, racist, oh, well, but... Right, that's uh, how, how many people have heard that? I'm not racist, but... Well, you're bloody fucking racist. <laughs> just, and the thing is that I have with people that are racist, I'm like, own it. Don't pretend, own it. And I myself can tell you that 
when I was younger, I would see things on TV and see black people doing things, and I'd be like, oh, God. Like, no wonder people think things. And I am a culprit of doing that. As I've gotten older, I no longer do that. But if anything, I encourage them to become educated. Because once you have a piece of paper, no one can take it away from you. And this is something so important to tell. And I want to say it's not minorities, young females. It is so, so, so important to tell young females, get, doesn't matter if you want to be a mom, just get a piece of paper that says you can do something that you can fall back on. It is a backup plan. Mm -hmm. You can be anything you want if you have it. But I mean, I, I too, I have to admit that I was racist against my own kind for being uneducated. And now I'm ashamed, pretty ashamed, because I want, I want minorities to be better and do better um, because that's what everyone focuses on. They focus on the negative parts of a minority. They don't see how many minorities have created you know, serums to fix this or created technology that has made our life so much better. And we have, we have some serious problems where, and I mean, I even have, like, I have friends that do the same thing about their own races, like, you know, Ukrainians, they, you know, they just, they do their same thing because we want better of our own kinds, right? And I've changed my attitude in the last, well, since living in Texas, to be honest. And I'm sorry to harp on Texas, but what a backward state. <laughs> <laughs> I've changed my attitude to looking at, well, why are they the way that they are? And what can I do to help it? And that's the attitude I, I hope and I, I'm pushing towards other people saying, how can I fix this? And I'll be honest, yesterday, I just wanted to blow up the world. Like, <laughs> I had no desire to help anyone. I had no desire to get out of bed. I, I essentially just wanted to curl up and die. Actually, no, that's not, for, that's not true. My first thought is, why can't I be white? Because if I was white, I wouldn't have to go through my struggles every day. Because every day I get up in the mirror and I look at myself in the mirror and I have to say, you're black, you're beautiful, you got this. And then I listen to the song, All I, All I Do Is Win. Do you guys know that song? I believe every morning should start with dancing in your underwear. Yeah. Every morning that song goes off, and that's what I dance to in my underwear. <laughs> because it's a song that tells me that no matter what anyone says to me, I'm going to win. I'm going to prove to people that I'm better than what they expect from me. I have a guy's name. Like seriously, you know how many men walk in and ask me to get them coffee? Because they do not realize that Grayson can be a unisex name. So, and I, and I feel bad because you're American and I have American family and friends who I absolutely love, even Republicans that I love, and we agree to disagree. But I can't blame America for this, like solely for this. This is a, this is a world problem. Um, Avery. I was re I read today, um, I was reading a lot about sort of the LGBT response to this and uh, I read, I retweeted something, somebody was saying, uh, if you want me to pay, if you're transgender and you want me to pay for your passport, I will pay for it right now because if you can't afford to get a passport, you need to get it now because in 2017, you will not be able to have your correct gender on the passport. Um, how, what do you think the fallout's gonna be in terms of LGBT in America right now? Um, if anyone doesn't know the reason I'm being asked that question is because I'm transgender. Um, and, uh, but, well, I guess my answer is, um, I just want to say, uh, 
at the beginning of the show, uh, Carrie, I don't want to um, start a witch hunt, but unfortunately you did say, ladies and gentlemen, and um, so I'm going to uh, please ask you to go outside, find a car, um, <laughs> with an exhaust pipe, and just put your mouth. <laughs> Tinder and happen open on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> she's not front in an open relationship. Um, it's all good. She's okay. Though. She's fine. Um, Do you know her, Grayson? <laughs> I know everyone in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I forget there's so many of you. She's in the safe place right now. Justin Bieber and I are best friends. <laughs> I heard that that is true. Yeah, so I just want to say, uh, uh, you know, I, I noticed that, ladies and gentlemen at the start, and I just want to say, um, I imagine there's a likelihood of uh, some non-binary people being in the audience, so I uh, just want to say welcome to you two. Um, Me too, and I'm very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and if, anyone, if, anyone's got, <laughs> if anyone's got a car, <laughs> I'll use yours. <laughs> The person bringing the chips in. Holy shit! Uh, I haven't gotten to my point, so I'm so sorry. Um, I, I want to do uh, everything to help everyone, uh, but my particular area of expertise and specialization is in uh, rejecting the gender I was assigned at birth. Um, so I just want to say to any uh, trans or, or, or non-binary or just uh, queer people in general in the room, um, this, uh, what what happened uh, yesterday, eight um, uh, trans youth committed uh, suicide and their parents, um, uh, shared it with a, a Facebook group for transparency and two, uh, two are in the hospital. Um, I, I don't want to minimize what America and Western society in general, because I mean, the reason we're upset despite being in England is because uh, Western culture is based around and led by American culture and what happens there reverberates here and, and, and likewise obviously Brexit was a 
influence over there. Um, if, if there are any, uh, yeah, LGBT plus um, people here or uh, on, on Periscope or, or wherever who are feeling like they uh, want to um, do the thing that I myself have attempted numerous times. Um, normally I'm really bad at if someone uh, tweets at me or emails me or something. Uh, from, from now on, even, even if it's just to respond to uh, say, I love you, um, yeah, just email or uh, Avery Edison at Gmail or tweet at Edison because um, I don't want any more trans people to kill themselves even though, oh, so annoying. Um, yeah, that was, that was meant to be a joke, but not that. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I, I, sorry, I'm uh, just a couple things. Uh, Michelle Obama said multiple times she doesn't want to be president. Um, we're already putting a lot on Grayson to be, at the moment, the, the <laughs> black representative on stage. Uh, let's not put even more on Michelle Obama. She doesn't want to do it. Um, and also, we, I don't think the way to combat <coughs> Trump and the mindset that led to him is to continue dynastic rule. Um, Justin Trudeau, is, uh, he says nice things, but he's droning people and selling arms. And this shouldn't be the patriarchy strike back. It should uh, hold your applause until I stand up at the end and we'll do an ovation. <laughs> audience. <laughs> <laughs> this shouldn't be the patriarchy strikes back, it should be the, the kiriarchy strikes back, and if you don't know that word, it's, um, it's basically like patriarchy, but acknowledging uh, the intersection of various types of oppression, uh, race, gender, class, <coughs> um, ability. Um, yeah, this isn't, this isn't just sexism against Hillary, it's, it is, it is racism. Grayson, you said, uh, I think it's important to accept that we are racist. I am, I am racist. I was brought up in Western society. I'm a racist person. I have racist thoughts every day. Earlier on, I saw a Trump meme that was shared talking about uh, illegal immigrants coming to America and taking everything. And um, it was a picture of uh, a huge line of, um, of uh, I believe, African people, I don't know, that's an assumption I'm making. And I, I felt a uh, revulsion, a visceral revulsion for a second, um, because that's what I've been raised to think, and I had to check that and tell myself these are human beings that are exactly equal to me. But yeah, I feel it. I feel it every day, and I am racist every day. And it's fucking awful, and the smallest possible struggle that I feel guilty even vocalizing because feeling racist and knowing that you're racist is of course nothing compared to suffering from racism. You can I, take your standing ovation now. Yeah, <laughs> I just, uh, I don't know, I, the last time I was here, not here, last time I was on the podcast, uh, I apologize Tom for bringing this up, uh, I said something that was edited out and it was about, um, it was a hyperbolic statement about cops not being human. 
And the reason I say that uh, is because it encompasses a general feeling I have uh, utter disgust with uh, capitalism, uh, democracy, and Western society in general. Um, unfortunately, we do have to still live under <coughs> capitalism for a little while. Um, and as I say that, I do have nude photographs for sale, and they're how we Aresin.com slash sex. At 10 bucks each. Um, we, we do have to live under capitalism for a while, um, but please live anti-capitalism and please live abolitionism. Uh, please give everything you can to people who need it. Um, right now, I would recommend the Southern Poverty Law Center and um, Trans Lifeline is a, is a good place to, to seek out people on Twitter talking about where to give your money to. Um, if you if you have any, and I'll end it there because Sarah's looking at her watch. No, I, I actually no, I don't have a watch. Um, <laughs> can, I change, can, I, can I change the topic? Yeah, because she said I, something that made me click, and I just want you guys to remember <laughs> that I was born black. I never chose it. I'm not saying I'm not happy that I'm not, because I have a very colorful life and it's awesome. We have a United Nations family. We include everyone. But when you choose a position of power, you choose that. And there's a huge difference to being born into something where you have no choice and taking a choice. I understand your, your arguments about cops, but there are many people out there that choose positions of power because they want to make places safer and better for people. And then you're always going to have the assholes that come in and wreck it for everyone. So if you can go on in life being like, they didn't choose to be Asian, or they didn't choose to be feminine, but they are, and that's the way it is, and realize that when you choose a job or a career or, a, or choose to be racist or choose to be misogynist, that's a choice you physically have to make. Being born into a skin color, is, you, you just got it. Like, that's just the way it is. And I think that's something that everybody has to keep in mind, that we make conscious choices every day to how we are going to behave in this society, how, how we're going to reach out to people. And I just, I want, I hope, I really hope, because you've been such an inspiration for me. I've moved so much further on in life since I met Deborah. I love what I do. I love what I do, but I am in the process of a career change at 38 to change the minds of citizens of this world. And the reason why I took the leap was after we had our in-depth conversation. And when I told my mom, my mom turned to me and said, I'm so proud of you. Um, what are you you're changing so, from what to what? Um, I'm actually going into media. Uh, before our interval, I just want uh, everyone on the panel to say one thing, uh, one sort of economical thing, either how, we, how you're going to make meaning of this or what you would like other people to do. So it doesn't have to be positive shamazative, but it has to be a, an action or a, or a what's, what for you, you know, even if it's just something that's woken you up or what you would like to see uh, a next step real world thing be. I'm going to start with Avery. We're going to go back the other way. Yeah, I will. I will try and make this quick. Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, Bernie Sanders, multiple figures in the neoliberal establishment have talked about working with Trump and working with the Republicans. 
don't do that. <laughs> when you when you work with fascism, you support fascism. Sarah. Okay. Um, I I feel like one of the things that makes me uncomfortable is any sort of an echo chamber. So people who all share the same opinion talking to themselves and congratulating themselves for being so amazing. Yeah. Vaginas and spooch all over each other. That's it. Everyone on stage will be watching the Periscope recording back and furiously masturbating at the image of the Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm masturbating right now. Stage, and that's how I do. But, um, but, so what I'm interested in actually, I had hoped you move closer, but fine. Um, is I know one person on Facebook who, interestingly, if anyone gives a shit, which of course you don't, but fine, it's the guy that I lost my virginity to, who's now a born again Christian. Thank you so much. <laughs> How soon afterwards? <laughs> oh, oh, um, a while afterward, and when I when we like had a reunion, separate story. But he he had gotten married, and he's like, yeah, um, and uh, fucking again. <laughs> um, and he was like, uh, I uh, so I met this. You know, we're like catching up on like twelve years of whatever, and he's like, yeah, and I met this woman. I had a baby with another woman, but I married this woman. And, Problem with the other one was like she wouldn't change her name, and I was like, "This is really interesting. Like the plot is thickening with this guy." Anyway, only Facebook friend who I know who's like all about Trump. And last night, I he wrote some crazy friggin' thing about like I personally believe our country was saved today, and it was the most. But it was actually the most interesting thing in my feed of I'm so afraid. What are we telling our? I was like, I want to talk to this guy. And I said, I was like, um, hey, in the spirit of whatever, which I don't quite believe in, but fine. Um, what exactly do you think, like, what, what are you hoping to be saved from? Like, I'd love to have a dialogue. And I want I, the women, the women who are voting for Trump and the third, I think it was something like 39% of two. No expert over here. Um, the 42% of Hispanic Americans, like, no, no, I thought you were going to say women. It was, I thought it was 30. Not, I was 30. The point is a lot of Hispanic folks. Okay? And I really, not in a rhetorical way, but genuinely, I want to begin to understand what they are thinking. Because, to, you know, I so agree with what you said about, like, if you cooperate with fascism, you enable it. But I also feel yeah, like... very small. <laughs> I know, except for the fact that you moved away from me when I said I was masturbating, which hurt my feelings. But <laughs> I can't do that. Swipe right. Swipe it right. Um, I'm on board. Yeah. I've been so artic you know, articulate and very fast, like you asked for, Deborah. But the point is, is I want to understand. That's what I want to try and do because I fucking don't, and I need to. Know. Minorities will not be able to stand up for you. 
and obviously men don't want to. So if you're unwilling to stand up for me now, good on ya. No, I'm kidding. I actually, I, I, I'm so scared for my women's rights right now. I was one of the last people to get them. Therefore, I want to protect them more than anything. But I, I really, really need people to stop telling me it's going to be okay because it's not okay. That's actually a really good mantra. Stop saying it's going to be okay and start saying it's not okay. And that's and therefore, if it's not okay, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Sorry, can I just if if you do want to find faith though, I do know someone who is such a good fuck that you'll find God after. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I'm, I'm guessing, unless you stumble into the wrong room, that everyone in this room is considers themselves a feminist, guilty yes. or, or not. <laughs> group of feminists and your active might be uh, talking to someone about your feminism or doing something about it or going to a rally or shouting at men or I think with the results that we have seen this is a real wake-up moment uh, for, for white feminism particularly um, and to say the thing I think everyone should be doing is spending as much time being anti-racist as they are being feminist mm-hmm. Uh, and that be an action that you commit to do in the seminar. <laughs> and uh, also join the Women's Equality Party. We've got our conference at the end of Manchester, 25th to 27th. At the end of Manchester? Sorry, the end of Manchester. the end of Manchester. the 28th of Manchester. At the end of November in Manchester. It's actually a leap year, so it's 29th of Manchester. So, but this is, I mean, in all seriousness, you know, the first feminist political party conference that the UK has had. I'm not hearing it about we already have feminist parties. We do not. Uh, and we're going to be having these discussions and we're going to be trying to turn this into a political space where we create change. And they're going to be electing a bunch of people to go and do that. So come to that and shout and cry and do all the things we've just done and have your voice heard. And we're not doing it the way that everyone else does it. We're doing like mad weird stuff, like not like the other political party conferences, like banners and you know, auto cues. We've got like an open mic night. Anyone's allowed to stand up and speak for three minutes about anything they're angry, upset. I am there. (laughs) (laughs) Three minutes, Deborah. I will write something while having my eyebrows done. Yes. So I have a blog that started at the beginning of December called graystories.com. It um, will show you what I'm doing in my life, what I've experienced, but it will be talking to people of minority races and telling their stories. Um, It will be educating people about government and how it works and things that are going on around the world geopolitically. 
it's going to be, some stuff will be really heavy, and I might even tell some horror dating stories in the process, because <laughs> there are some doozies. But um, I, I want to plug this because um, some of the women and men that I've talked to in recent, in the last 18 months, since the election has blown up, the stories are really interesting. I also want to write, say, I am not a writer. <laughs> I write how I talk. <laughs> so it's not going to have large words. I feel when I'm in Britain when people talk, I'm like, wow, you sound so sophisticated. <laughs> such a lazy North American. They don't think the same thing when they talk. <laughs> was, it, was it the me shouting fuck a lot? <laughs> <laughs> just fuck you. Some poor woman who's just trying to put chips down. And I'm, then, I'm not and, on board with carbs. And then you called her by the lady and the gentleman for no reason and an officer. Um, <laughs> I'm the problem. She doesn't like them either. Uh, now, uh, okay, we wanted to end on uh, the first half um, on somebody incredibly funny and savvy um, and someone who's got another gig so could only pop in uh, for a little while. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, oh, I said it! Candles and, and, and burn. <laughs> no. Okay, please welcome to the stage, Tiffany Stevenson. Hi guys. Uh, I just got some jokes and I'm drunk. <laughs> truth when uh, I can't say president I can't I feel like the fonds when he tries to apologize he can't say the word sorry I find it really hard to say the word President Trump but that is the man that thinks Roe versus Wade was a fucking tennis match and that's where we are you know Trump who believes women should be punished for having an abortion I think his mum should be punished for not having one <laughs> Fuck! Um, where do I begin? I'm on my period, and yesterday it was apocalyptic. I felt like I was bleeding for the world. Um, I got up and I was like, oh, I just want to go back to bed. The world hates women. Um, and it's more, it is bigger than that, as we've, as we've sort of discussed. Um, I find it incredible that 
you know, Trump built a campaign on being anti-immigration when his mother was a Scottish immigrant and two of his three wives have been immigrants. So I assume he's anti-immigration up to the point that he has been inside someone. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good joke, I'll judge you. <laughs> Doesn't matter whether it's Little Donald, which I imagine is what he calls his penis, <laughs> or Bad Ombre. Um, <laughs> or an entire fetus, but that's where he draws the line of immigration. And I don't want to judge the women who marry Donald, I don't, because you don't know what they're running from. <laughs> Seriously, what horrors are they trying to escape? <laughs> if they can look at him and think that's a better option for me, that's a better life, I can find that Blamonji carcass. <laughs> I just go up, down, up, down, up, down for like 10 minutes, then I'm sick of you. It's like a roller coaster. <laughs> His current wife, Melanoma, she. <laughs> That's a joke, guys, obviously. It's a joke. He keeps her locked in a basement, she never sees sunlight. <laughs> I genuinely believe she has Stockholm Syndrome. Because whenever you see her come out, it's almost like she's not human, but I think she's trying to blink with her eyes and whisper. She's trying to signal, like when she came out of the Republican National Convention and went... <laughs> Whatever Michelle Obama said! I love Donald, he's such a generous man, sometimes leaves hatch open in basements all that fresh air in. There's too much white. All I'm saying is, I think she's getting their clan wardrobe together already. <laughs> Guys, they're jokes. They're jokes. I know we say we can't joke about it anymore, but fuck him, right? And I will make it about his looks. I'm not scared to, when they say it's cheap to take a pot shot of someone's looks, that's all Donald Trump has ever done about women. Like when he said he thought Heidi Klum was less than a 10, as if she gives a fuck what Donald Trump thinks. As if he's been anything more than a minus 10 with a Weetabix staple to his head. <laughs> that a woman that qualified for a job, the most qualified woman in the world, can lose out to a man that has never held office, that is on the fucking Celebrity Apprentice. Uh, it makes me, I, I don't know when the anger's gonna subside. I think you're right, I think we should keep the anger. I think we should hold on to it. When people would comment on Hillary's voice and I was like, what is that? That's the voice of a woman with authority. That is what you do not like. And the debate, and, and women doing this to other women, like, Grazia magazine, who ran a headline two months ago going, does Hillary need to up her fashion game? Oh. Oh. That was a genuine piece in that magazine. That's a magazine I buy, I quite enjoy, I don't mind fashion. I don't think it's the most important thing in the world. But I was so disappointed, it was like, too fat. I mean, maybe she needs to up her email password game, <laughs> But her fashion game, if we're gonna insist on doing this with female politicians, then I just ask that we do the same with guys, for fairness, right? If we're gonna insist on making the story about women in politics, about their shoes, about whether they're married, whether they're gonna have kids, I wanna see pictures of David Cameron's post-referendum body. <laughs> I wanna see a sad headline underneath that says, is David ready for more kids? <laughs> because we're obsessed to the point that Nicola Sturgeon has to come out and say, I've had a miscarriage. That's how obsessed we are with what is going on inside wounds, you know? And as a woman, I was disappointed that both the women who were up for the prime ministerial position were what I would deem to be absolute wound botherers. Uh, you had Andre Leadsom, who said you cannot have real uh, any stake in the future of the UK unless you have kids. Because as we all know, empathy only comes with vaginal tearing. <laughs> and then the other 
Theresa May, who's consistently campaigned to lower abortion limits for women. And when Theresa got the job, the media were like, oh my God, why do we know everything about Theresa? Why does she have such a low public profile? And I was like, well, she's a woman and over 50, therefore of fuck all interest to you guys. <laughs> That's when your superpowers kick in as a woman. You become invisible. <laughs> I cannot wait for that point in my life. There are women in here tonight. You don't even know they're in the room. <laughs> just walk straight in there in, this room is actually twice as full as you think it is <laughs> I can't wait for that point in my life I'm going to rob banks I'll perv on people in the shower I might even rob a country <laughs> I like that piece of material right because it's quite complex because you know on the one hand I'm disagreeing with Theresa's policies and on the other I'm defending her as a woman and uh the reason for that is I don't have to agree with everything every woman's ever said. That's not what feminism is. Everyone knows what feminism is. It's hating men. <laughs> um, um, on a serious note, I think the left is so fucking divided at the moment. We need to shore up. We need to get our shit together. We really, really do. Um, and this is a sign. Uh, I read an article recently that said uh, Donald Trump is a harbinger. So I would agree with you there, Grayson. I would say this is, this is, this is a sign of things to come. And we really need to galvanise and come together and stand up for each other and speak for each other and say, fuck, <laughs> this is a terrifying time. Let's protect each other, you know? Because uh, the world isn't just about the white, straight male, you know? And that's the truth. Um, I'll try and finish on a joke. Um, I don't understand why the debate is in politics consistently, but it was throughout the election. Uh, whether or not Donald Trump was going to press the nuclear button. And I really hope it's more than a button. Because <laughs> a button is something you can accidentally nudge with your coffee. And I hope at the very least it's a series of launch codes. Uh, someone phones someone else on a submarine, you know, and then three people turn the key, and that's how it all works, you know? It shouldn't just be something that's in plain view, it has to be hidden. Uh, and if the nuclear button is hidden, they should they should put it in a place that a man will never look. Um, box set of uh, Sex and the City DVDs. You thought I was going to say vagina. Uh, but it's just, it's a tough time to be a woman, you know. Uh, is it, you know, are you wearing too many clothes? Are you wearing not enough clothes? Like the whole burkini debate, which the burkini, as I like to call it, factor 50. Um... <laughs> When this happened on the beaches in France, you know, France said it was about Islam, but I also know the French, it's a little bit about fashion. <laughs> you can hear it in the tone. I think that outfit is oppressively uh, unattractive on you. <laughs> we are at the beach, get a little bit of tit out, please. <laughs> also black, this is very last season. <laughs> and the upsetting thing about any of these sort of debates is the inevitability, and this is what upsets me about the women's voices that are being heard in the right place, right? Because the inevitability uh, of a story like this is that it gets discussed on Loose Women. Oh. Yeah, exactly, which is a hard no, isn't it? Because whenever you go, there aren't enough women on panel shows, they go, you've got Loose Women. I'm like, that's not a panel show. That's a piece of daytime magazine television where I have to hear Gloria Honeyford say, if I was to play devil's advocate, I would say, what are they hiding under those burkinis? What weapons could they be concealing? I mean, no. unless she's seen them. Yeah, no, just no. That, just no. Yeah, they're skin tight, you know. Also, Ursula Andress was in a bikini. She still had a knife. 
I hate to break it to you, Gloria, but women can hide anything upon their person at any time. That's kind of way our bodies are designed. <laughs> we have our own internal pocket, if you know what I mean. Where do you think I keep my credit card when I go swimming? <laughs> and my car keys and my mobile phone. <laughs> and a set of Russian dolls for irony. <laughs> how far I can stretch that. Um, uh, I think that'll probably do. That's probably enough, isn't it? I mean, I did, I did stuff about the election. Uh, it's really inspiring hearing everyone speak. And uh, like I say, you know, let's push things forward to quote the streets. <laughs> It's Tom Zelensky here, the editor of the podcast. If you're listening to this message, then the version of the podcast which you've just listened to had a short section edited out after the podcast was first released to remove some material which, on reflection, we felt didn't really live up to the ideals and aspirations which the Guilty Feminist podcast usually sets for itself. We wanted to include this short message at the end just to make sure nobody thought if they did realise there were two different versions floating around, nobody would think that we were trying to, in any way, rewrite history. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cosy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.